Okay, we're back with another Caring Support podcast, and we're here with a really lovely guest this uh, week, and uh, it's the amazing Nicole Dawes. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Nice to be on and see you again, James. Yeah, likewise. It's always wonderful to see you, and uh, I was just saying a second ago that I absolutely love your smile and radiant face. It's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm going to get right into questions because it, the first question really gives you that opportunity to, to provide the intro. So if you could tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and certainly for our audience would be a wonderful thing. Thank you. Okay, no, thank you. So yeah, my name's Nicole Dawes and I'm located in Ottawa, Ontario, and I've been a caregiver for 13 years and a mom for 16. And uh, this journey of uh, really becoming a self-care advocate and learning to take care of myself started about, you know, six, seven years ago when I kind of hit a wall uh, along my caregiver journey. And what happened is when my daughter was at a 12-month checkup, we realized that she was severely delayed. And so our life really changed at that moment because the chief neurologist said, you will need early intervention. So we started weekly physical therapy so she could learn to walk at two and a half and then weekly occupational therapy so she could learn how to hold a spoon, put on socks, et cetera. Uh, at four years old, the speech therapist said at that time, there wasn't um, much use to continue uh, but that they would be circled back about six years later. And she's just started speaking over the last couple of years using sentences. So, so certainly lots of progress. But five years in, um, you know, summer would have been five, would have had a very energetic seven and a half year old little boy, you know, working full time. And I was ignoring the signals my body was sending me. And as we all know, our body is constantly talking to us. And so many of us um, believe that we know better. It's usually just our ego. You know, I'm strong. I can do this. I can pull through. And so it was actually um, a trip to the ambulance. That was my wake-up call. I was in the office working, and I had a full-on attack, I'm assuming panic anxiety attack, which I had never had up until that point, but it hurt to breathe. And so that was the wake-up call. I had to knock on my desk to get someone's attention and they knew very quickly that something was wrong uh, because there was pain in my face because as I said, it, it hurt and I could not take deep breaths. They were all shallow breaths. So whisked away in an ambulance through the front lobby of my building at lunchtime, which is so funny. I was so worried about, you know, it's so embarrassing that someone would see me like not realizing the severity of actually what was taking place. And I waited 90 minutes in ER for a doctor to see me. And of course, by that time, my breathing had resumed and I felt fine. And I was like, but sir, but really it hurt and I couldn't breathe. And he, you know, right. checked me over and was like, no, you're fine. And he released me. He's like, you're perfectly healthy. And that's when I went, uh-oh, you know, that wasn't normal. And even though I may, from a checkout perspective, be considered healthy, I realized there are no doctors who specialize in caring for caregivers or realizing the impact that the stress can have on us. And so that really started my journey. Right. Yeah. And and that's beautiful, uh, Nicole, because I know that, no, that really thing is, is 
They are wake up calls what happened and our body is talking to us all the time and we do have a tendency to ignore it or be in denial or really think that, oh yeah, I got this, I'm on top of it. And yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, so obviously a great segue into what you said to our next question, which is what about your work? How do you help other caregivers? Mm -hmm. um, I say that experience is my teacher. And so I use all of the lessons learned and all the tools and strategies that I've come across and called and really, um, you know, have the reflection of what's worked for me. And that's what I put together. And I support fellow caregivers with um, a coaching program and a free online support group. Wow. That's awesome. Wonderful. And, and and now, too, on top of that, because you are a superstar, you wrote a book. Oh, um, I... <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book, please. Well, it's called Self-Care Surprise um, as a self-care coach. But more seriously, it's really the subtitle that gives you, you know, the the essence of the book. And it's, you know, from the trenches with love, humor and a kick in the pants. And I wanted caregivers to really connect with the title. Right. Uh, I know self-care is a very divisive word and can turn people off, but it's really about ensuring, and the humor part is me being cheeky because I'm like, hey, I have right now, so I have a 16-year-old son. I have a 13-year-old daughter with an intellectual disability and autism. Um, and I still find time to put myself first. Right. I still do the work. I have worked at removing the barriers and work in progress. But what I like to say is, you know, I reach out to people who, who support me. And so I'm like, I turn and I get the help and then I kind of bundle it. And then I turn around and then I offer that to others. I'm both a student and a teacher. And so what this book does is it really allows people to look at the different parts of self-care. Because for me, it's not superficial. Like I go deep. So, and each chapter in the book is, is a standalone. So we talk about things as like the stories we tell ourselves, validation, our worthiness, emotions, energy, so these aren't always things people associate with self-care, but this is how I get to the importance of self-care. Because when caregivers will say, oh, I don't like that word. Can you use a different word? I kind of like, oh, so if I change the word, you'll change your actions? Like, why don't we unpack this? What I'm hearing that caregiver say is, I don't like that word because I don't even feel worthy enough to take time and that's why I love talking about self-care because it's linked with self-love. Yeah. And I say self-love is how we feel about self uh, ourselves. Self-care is the action. Self-care is actually how we show ourselves that we love ourselves. And that's why it is so important for this conversation to be had. My, my purpose is to change the conversation around caregiving. For me to say to caregivers, we are allowed to have meaningful lives, especially parent caregivers. I'm only 13 years in and I'm like, holy sugar, I'm just getting started. 
And if I didn't have these tools and strategies, I don't know where I'd be because there are still some days where I feel pushed to the edge. And I'm like, where's my toolbox? Having a really bad day or a week. And I have to really ground myself and walk myself from the edge. And I don't say that lightly. Like it's, it's a very, uh, it can feel like a very isolating and lonely journey. And that kind of speaks to the paradox. I say that caregiving is full of paradoxes and that's one of them. Feeling so isolated and alone when we know that there are millions and millions of other caregivers out there doing the exact same work or role or support that we offer and love that we give to the person for whom we're caring. Yeah, absolutely. And that's beautifully stated. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I always tell people that a lot of times I'm a very positive person, a big advocate of emotional intelligence. And and when I'm uh, talking like in front of an audience or whatever it might be, I often say to people, you ever notice with these positive quotes and these things that are designed, they're all for you for right now. Right. Which is great. But they almost need to go one step further. And that is in a sense of, okay, now that you have done these things, learned these lessons, did these things in your life to improve yourself, your character, your, you know, whatever that looks like that you've improved. Now here's the next step. The question is by the lessons I've learned and applied in my life, how can I use them to help other people? And right. And so what's that look like? Does that mean wearing a, a ribbon? No, it's an actionable item. It means getting involved and helping people. And because you've lived it, you know very well, there was a lot of times where you probably didn't reach out because your ego wouldn't let you, or you think, you know, I should know this, I'm the mom, I'm this, you know, whatever. And I mean, you know, Nicole, I, you're a person everybody should aspire to be like. You're wonderful, uh, you're a beautiful human being, you really care and you're making a difference. And And it's awesome to see that your book is in our new marketplace. Yeah, that's so <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, and, and we really appreciate you taking the journey with us. Go I ahead. To add to that because you talk, spoke about lessons learned. And that's yeah. another thing about the book is at the end of each chapter, um, I include action items. So it's not just a read. It's, it's a roadmap to self-care for caregivers. And then in addition, I add five uh, self-care tips and I call them to inspire. And this is so important because we are all unique individuals. And I believe that self-care is accessible to us all, but it's going to look very different. And I always use this example because it gets the point across. It's even though it's a little cheeky and it's about a cat. So I'm like, I love my cat and I cuddle with maybe, and that's part of my daily self-care routine because there's nothing like the sound of a purring cat to really lower your blood pressure and make you feel, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. But James, if you were allergic to cats, like that's not going to be your thing. And so that's what I mean. There's no right or wrong way. It's just really being honest with ourselves to say, what brings me joy? And that's why I think self-care has become so complicated. I'm like, no, 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 it's that simple. And you're like, what? Cuddling with a cat is self-care? Like, it can be. If you actually take five minutes and are present and really just sit in that moment, that can be your self-care activity for the day. Right. Yeah, 100%. 
Uh, you know what's interesting, Nicole, is it, it, we as a company, Caring Support, is this yeah. created a, a more of a community-oriented platform designed mm -hmm. to connect the employers and the students with their schools and, and candidates of wherever they are in their healthcare journey together with these companies. And in a way that really allows the candidate to shine and all this stuff, because we're saying, look, we want to do something different and we don't want to be a place just like sending people over here or whatever, the next job board that you see. We want to create something different. And, you know, our whole team is rallied behind this concept, understanding that this is a really important thing that we need to do. And so, you know, personally, I could tell you right now, I love what you're doing because I can understand the value 100%. I do a lot of things that are about taking my time for myself because there's an old analogy, you've probably heard it, that, you know, when, you know, when the uh, flight attendants are on the thing and they tell you to put your mask on first before you help anyone else. And that's because you, we need to have our act together. We need to be on top of enough because once we start helping other people and if we're not in that position to really do that, it, it's going to be exhausting and taxing. It's going to be so hard on this because we didn't put ourselves in the right position to begin with. So, you know, I, I can totally get what you're saying. So, um, and the message is applicable to all. I mean, think of the good work that you guys are doing and, and all of the people that you're bringing in and matching them. And, you know, I've heard there the media around the importance of the, you know, paid caregiver, the support worker, et cetera, taking time and feeling overwhelmed and overburdened. So this is across the board. And it's yes. certainly um, something that has come to light because of the global pandemic. Absolutely. Okay, so I got to move us along because we yes. only have so much time. Okay, so what are the, those things that no one tells you about being a caregiver? Huh. I'm going to go back to the paradox. the The two things about that no one tells you is the amount of negative emotions that you're going to feel and how it will actually surprise you mm. and it's a, it can be a vicious circle at first until we talk about it. And that's why it's so important about having these conversations because every caregiver I've ever spoken with has confided or admitted to feeling the same. It's like, we're all human. And right. so it's the anger and the resentment about becoming a caregiver when we haven't signed up for it. And at the time it's because we feel helpless Right. And especially right. as a parent. So that comes out as anger, resentment, frustration, worry. And then we feel guilt and shame because you're like, but I'm supposed to love this person. I shouldn't be angry. And so that was really hard at the beginning of the journey for me to come to terms with. And the other part is the how isolating it can feel, because when we feel shame, uh, and these are thoughts and they can be actions. Imagine we isolate ourselves because we don't even feel comfortable about talking about it because we've just dumped all this shame on ourselves for having a thought. So the idea even saying it out loud is, is more terrifying. And so for me, that was, I think, the biggest hurdles. And that was another reason why I chose you know, self-care coach and supporting fellow caregivers, because when I kind of came out of the hole and realized I needed to do something to change, like 
I choose happiness despite my circumstances, I realize that so many other caregivers needed support in that area, not from judgment, but just saying it, it, it is hard and it is tough and it can be all consuming. And so those would be my, my two biggies. Yeah. yeah that was pretty powerful. Um, it, it's amazing how we get, we break a leg, we, we cut ourselves badly. We do something that's let's say physical oriented, you know, and we think nothing of going to the hospital. Uh, or to the doctor or whatever, nothing. The minute it's emotional, whole other ball game. And it's really, that's just stuff that's been bred in us forever because a lot of other people were uncomfortable being able to talk about these things. And I, you know, and so kudos to you for really just helping move this along. Another person doing so that's inspiring people to say, it's okay. Like, let's have this conversation. Let's, you know, not feel necessarily shame and all these things, but realize that, there's so many things going on and this is here's some great things you can do to, you know, because I mean, you've walked this and, and and it's beautiful. OK, so since we're talking self-care, too, as a huge proponent of this, speaking yeah. about self-care, what are some of the ways caregivers can make sure they are taking care of themselves? Mm, OK, my top three. So. I always speak to these three and I say that you can put them in your back pocket and they get to travel with you wherever you go. And that's, again, my fundamental in removing barriers to say so many self-care tips are accessible to us at all times. So if you are caring for an aging parent and you can't leave the room or a child, like you can do these sitting by someone's bedside, or if you need to lock yourself in the bathroom for some peace and quiet. First one is deep breaths. And so many people are like, yeah, thanks, Nicole. You know, already breathing. And like, no, 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 no. There's a difference. We'd be that mindfulness, right? And it is deep breaths. So the easiest one, it's called box breathing. And say, well, I'll say four seconds. And so you, you breathe in for four seconds, and then you hold your breath for four seconds and then you breathe out for four seconds and pause for four seconds and the flexibility in that is you can do it for as long as you need to like I recommend at least five minutes um, and then if you get really good at it, you can increase it to five seconds or six seconds or seven seconds and what that really does is it's instantaneously it lowers you know it calms your breathing it lowers your blood, um, your blood rate, your heart rate, reduces your blood pressure, and just actually tells your body that you're safe. Uh, the next is hugging. So I'm like, if you're caring for a loved one, you have another human being within reach. And I love that more research is coming out about the impacts of hugging, right? Like we are human beings and we are built for a connection. Yeah. And one thing that I've done with my daughter especially when she was younger and a little, a little smaller is I would combine the hugging and the breathing together. So when she was fussing, um, I would, I say, grab her, uh, people can't see me, but I would take her within my arms and hold her tight and she would fuss a little. And then I would just start my deep breathing. I'd be very audible with it. Right. So she could hear it. And then after about 60 seconds, I could literally feel her body relax in my hug. And then she would, we would do deep breaths together. And so that was one of my tools for really transitioning from 
her when she was in a, I say, out of control state in a behavior to one that was more calming for both of us because we both needed that reset. And then the third one is a mantra. And my go-to is, it's not her fault. It sounds at the beginning, so to even admit that, but it's, it's, it helps me. Like when she is doing something, I'm a logical person and I'm just like that. I'm just like, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. Like her brain is built differently, not her fault. And then I love you. So sometimes when um, I'm, I'm hugging her or I just, or even needing to restrain her, I will just say to myself, I love you. I love you because that also changes my energy. And that helps me calm down a little instead of spiraling with her. So those are my three uh, go-to self-care. If, you know, either be back to school, traveling with your loved one, even like going to an appointment, sitting in the car, parking lot, these are, are accessible to us all. Yeah. And, and you know what the thing, I mean, I, I'm a very affectionate person. I love to hug. So um but the breathing and all that stuff, these are simple things. And if people just embrace them and they really give it a try rather than just going, oh, come on, like like you said earlier, breathing, Nicole, you know, but this is done differently. And and it's in a way and I know personally from doing this myself in time. So I take to meditate where I just like come right down and just like now nah, and then you're centered again and you feel good and you know where you're at and you know, OK, I'm ready to take this on one step at a time. So. All right, so we touched on this earlier, but uh, how can uh, caregivers overcome the guilt they often feel when taking some time for, for themselves? Yes, um, this is, you know, the question I, I get the most, and it is around a caregiver recognizing that they are first a person and being a caregiver is a role. And so I like to say I've been a, you know, a mom for 16 years, a caregiver for 13, but I've been Nicole for 49. And so I work to honor Nicole. And when I support other caregivers, I reflect that back to them. And I'm like, you know, you, you know, or I've been employee for 22 years. I'm like, okay. However, what's most important? Those are all roles. Uh, and I know that sometimes I even call it the cape of caregiving can feel so heavy and all consuming, but that's when we kind of dig deep and realize that in order to be the best caregiver that we really all want to be, it's taking that time and it's baby steps. For some people who feel so much guilt, they can be as simple as five minutes a day. And doing these things where they're not even physically removing themselves from the same space. So it's those small wins. And then they're like, oh, if somebody can do an activity and feel better, like, oh, that's the key. To me, self-care is anything that brings you joy. And when people feel joy, they feel better. And it's not about feeling better 24-7 but it just helps offset the challenging days of being a caregiver. And so that's how I would, that's how I focus it. And then it's those little questions, a few little questions to a caregiver, allowing them to think again, right. dare to dream again about how it could be. And 
slowly letting them know that they are the only person who can make a change in their life. Yeah, that was really nice. Thanks, Nicole. Um, I, you know, I know that pretty well anybody that's been doing this, I, I was there for my brother and um, certainly latter stages before he died, he lost him due to cancer. And, and there was a lot of things that go through your mind. And, um, and uh, it's not easy, obviously, but you know, I connected with them on a whole other level. And, um, and, and and got to really spend some really beautifully, like, quality time. Uh, and I, I'd give anything to have them back. Because yeah. now that when you did that, you were like, I want to feel that again, you know. And, but you take that and you go, that was one of the best things that could ever happen in my life at that moment to be present, as you said, with that person, with my own brother, you know, so I totally get it. And, um, uh, and I, I want to thank you for being on our podcast this week, uh, because you know, you know, you're a very inspiring person, Nicole, you have such an awesome personality and you're a lovely human being. And now you are an author. So <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, people go to our marketplace. You don't have to log in. Just, you know, carriesupport.com, click on marketplace, and you can find Nicole's book there. Anything else you'd like to say before we let you go? Um, I just like to remind all the caregivers, paid, unpaid, anyone who's taking care of a loved one, that you get to choose happiness despite your circumstances, and you are worth it. Love it. That's yeah. wonderful. Nicole, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome to see you. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to us publishing this, uh, you know, and the rest of the team and our amazing people in marketing, including Laura, who helped put this call together. Uh, the, uh, you know, none of us do it alone. We always need each other's support, just like with caregiving. You know that you sometimes you feel alone, but you're really not. So um, thanks again. I want to wish you the very best, okay? And stay in touch. Yes, no, I will. Thank you.